and they wish you, uh, uh, yes, um, come back, uh, and she, this, this is, uh, Spana talking, uh, she, as she sort of sees you out, and behind her, uh, Olaf is already just, he's gotten out a big old, like, sheet of bronze, and has just started wailing on it with a hammer. <laughs> okay. To the point where it's almost impossible to hear her over. It's like, come back. Um, and she turns and like looks at Olaf. Tomorrow. Why don't we try tomorrow? I thought about that I will do. And then we'll, we'll cut scene there. All right. Uh, who's next? You or me, Doc? Um, so I guess me. Yeah. Can you go next? I got a phone call here. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally fine. We'll yeah. We'll work that out. Cool. Uh, Poppet's Poppet's just uh, gonna gonna indulge vice. Um, yeah. Go get wasted on some faith. Yeah, like spend some time helping people because that's how Poppet unwinds is by being a doll to people. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, uh, where? Which? Which? I mean, I'm imagining, like, it might be, like, an all-day thing that you, like, go to various places, but, like, where do we want to do the actual, like, scene? That is a very good question. Um, I don't know. How's, how is Nerex doing? How is, how is the Low Tide's whole deal been lately? Because I feel like I haven't checked in um... on them in a minute. Yeah, the Low Tide is, um... I think the low tide's probably doing okay. Like, we uh, scared away the really bad actors, right? Yeah. Um, there's no, like, weird zombie dogs eating anybody anymore. At least mm-hmm. at present. Um, I think uh, Nerex specifically is doing okay. The low tide... I, I, I want to... I think that over the last, like... However long you guys have been here. Like, a couple weeks, a month, whatever... Um, I want to say that they've been pushed to like, uh, um, they've been, they've been pushing further and further to sort of a, um, not communalist, but like, what's the, what's the word for when, uh, syndicalist, there's, there's, they're now, is now a syndicalist brothel, right? They are all, it's, it's a, it's an employee owned collective at this point, or very, very near. They have almost sidelined what used to be management. Um, and that comes with some of its own issues. And I think that uh, whether or not she's officially in charge, Nerex may be one of the people that... Talks and other people listen. Yeah, and like other people come to with their problems, you know? Yep. And I think that she might have like some of that to unload, you know? Like, mm-hmm. no, nobody nobody understands. The heavy is the head that wears the crown, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, one of the things that Pop is probably pretty good at is like just sitting and listening while someone talks and vents to them, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, when you show up, uh, again, a walking, talking doll is not that weird to most of these people. Some of the, like, customers maybe are a little yeah. freaked out. Um, yeah, but that's fine. They can deal. Yeah, whatever. They're, they're, they'll, they'll be fine. There's, there's, there's yeah. stress relief around them. That's what they're doing. Yes. Um, Poppet is way less interesting than anything else happening. I, I, yes. At the low time. I would expect so, yes. Um, so yeah, you uh, you make your way in. Uh, there's the, the, the 
the regular staff slash employees slash, you know, employee owners of this place doing their thing. Uh, they, the ones that see you are friendly, although some of them are still not quite sure they want to, like, yep. fully emotionally engage the doll. Uh, you make your way up to Nerix's room, and Nerix's room has gone through a little bit of a makeover here. Everything generally looks a little bit nicer than it started, right? This is okay. never a super nice place, but, like, yeah. now it's more comfortable. Things have gone from being, like, uncomfortably, like, uncomfortably tacky mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. more of just, like, a slightly ratty but more comfortable version, right? Like And, like, a little, a little more functional things yeah. here and there, like, a little less... Yeah. yeah. Like, maybe not as... The ambiance might be suffering slightly for it, but the worker conditions have improved immensely. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Nurex is happy to see it. I can't remember what that kind of accent I gave her, though. Um, but I only have, like, three. That sounds like a you problem. <laughs> I, I, I only have, like, three, though, so we're just going to take a <laughs> shot, right? Yeah. I, I mean, one and three, you know? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, this is this is how you make your DM do a desperate roll for those of you playing the home game. She's a New Yorker. <laughs> hey, look at no. you! Uh, oh, you're back! You're back! Welcome. And Poppet does the like one hand, other hand thing, like over where a heart would be, <laughs> except they're a weird doll made out of felt. Uh huh. And she um, and she like scoops you up. Uh, yeah. and drags you into her room and, like, slams the door behind her hard enough that, like, I'm imagining some costume jewelry falls off the back of it, right? Sure, um, yeah. And she's immediately just, just dropping, like, just, just pelting you with, like, happenings and comings and goings mm-hmm. and, like, uh, working through her, like, semi-leadership. I imagine she says, like, where should I start, and Poppet just, like, smiles. Uh-huh. Poppet's beatific smile. Yes, Poppet's incredibly creepy. Wherever you want, like, yes. yeah. Uh, oh, yes. Wherever you want, like, whatever you need to get off your chest, tell me everything. And, like, if this was brunch, would slide, like, a mimosa <laughs> across the table to Nerik sort of thing, like... There's no rush. There's there's nothing in the world but like you dishing whatever hot goss you have or whatever else. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm imagining. Yeah. So that's what happens. We're gonna. There's a, like a couple of quick cuts of like uh, Nerix and. It's a candle burning down. Yes. I think. And like Poppet and Nerix like on the bed talking mm-hmm. um, in like different positions and like yeah, as as the the conversation happens. All right. So give me your. Uh, your uh indulge indulge vice yeah let's hope it's not higher <laughs> it's, let's hope it's not five or a six that's a five all right sweet uh so is that yeah is that that's over that's an overindulgence yeah yay i should have helped someone <laughs> i i should have spent one more stress is the yeah is the uh Yep, the the common refrain here. Let me look it up here. I didn't even consider that this could happen. Uh, da, 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 da. So options are heat, 
Uh, I get cut off. Uh, I disappear for a while. Um, and I think there might be a fourth one, but I don't recall it. Okay. Um, well, so... I don't think you're getting... I mean, if you get cut off, it's going to be fairly dramatic, and I don't know... Yeah. But that's really... That one doesn't super fit here yet. Um, if you are... Uh, um, so yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, heat... I mean, I could see heat as a thing, but... I can definitely see heat as a thing where, like, it's just... Someone is like following Poppet, or um, some of the goss is juicier, maybe than Nerex thought it was, and like Poppet's like, "Oh, I have to go do something." Yeah. So the uh, yeah. So the fourth option is attract trouble. You roll us an additional entanglement. Ooh. Um, That's good. Which, given the Isn't options it? at the your current heat level uh, and where we are currently. Uh, I think it's probably good. it's gonna it's gonna wind up very likely being like uh, more gang trouble. Yeah, more gang trouble, but this time at the brothel, like at the low time. Oh, I mean, or you could just you know get more heat, make more interesting things happen next time. True. Yeah. Although heat turns into wanted levels very easily. It really does. It goes real fast. I said more interesting. <laughs> I said what I said. Um, yeah. Yeah. Let's let's do the heat. And then I can spend my next action reducing heat. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yep, um, so I'm trying to imagine, like, how this results in heat, and I'm thinking, uh, how do I make it heat without entangling? Because I, I, I think, like, the... I have a very funny idea. Okay, cool. Hit me. Um, one of the people in, not in uniform, but just is a Fossarian knight. Oh, Yes. And it's just like, wait, is that that fucking puppet that we're, like, we keep hearing about? <laughs> so you know how, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this, but, like, I saw it all the time where I grew up, is they have, uh, in the military, they hand out decks of cards with the, like, either, yeah. like, in the air... Pinups on them. Yeah, in the, well, in the Air Force, it's like, wow. uh, for, like, the Air Force, it would be, like, They'll have the, oh, the, the, silhouettes. the silhouettes of planes, and the, in the Navy, it'll yep. be something similar. And in, like, the Army, it'll be, like, the faces of important enemy generals or whatever. Yeah, so they... yeah, infamous, infamously Desert Storm. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty gross, it's re it's, oh, it's, su it's super gross. But I'm imagining this Fossarian Knight, like, the Fossarian Knights have something similar, where they have, like, some sort of card game they play, and, like, they they have, like, one of the cards has Poppet on it, right? I just no 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 no. So, I'm gonna take this and twist it. It's a tarot deck. Okay. And Poppet's the the version of the fool. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because that's like beginnings, childhood. Um. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. That that make that makes it like occult and creepy. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. It sure does. Yes, it does. Because so now like... I want to know why you wound up on that deck of tarot cards. And how, yes. how, how widespread your use on that deck of tarot cards. Like, how widespread that... Uh, granny, granny is Mother of Cups, and Thick is um, probably Justice. Or Judgment. <laughs> um, anyway. So yeah, uh, yeah, no, that absolutely happens, and I think that, like, 
we'll come back to what happens as you like reduce heat because I think that yep. that uh, that out of uniform Fosterian is like about to pull his pants back on <laughs> and attempt to like take you in for questioning. It's exciting. Yeah. We'll come back to that. Uh, is Doc still around or should we cycle? I'm here. Okay. Okay. So, um, I have recently learned how to do arcane ritual sorcery. Yes. Um, I would like to learn more ritual sorcery. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I think uh, starting a clock on a new occult ritual. Okay. Um, what, uh, what sort of thing are you attempting to learn? Um, I would like to summon some sort of creature that could answer questions for us. Okay. So I have a couple options for you. One of them is, uh, well, I'm going to give you the option. Either I can drop some deep lore on you or not. Sure. I'm very, very excited to watch Doc start summoning random shit. So, um, in Palladium, the Palladium Fantasy RPG, uh, the game that we're not quite exactly playing right now, right? Um, Wizards, uh, don't necessarily get new spells automatically. Um, what they do is they have a ritual that every wizard knows that's called the Black Cauldron, I want to say. Oh, delicious. And it is itself a uh, ritual that... Uh, it, it is itself a ritual... And what you do is uh, you have a cauldron and you basically make a soup with your own blood and then you drink it. It's not just your own blood. There's other stuff in there. You drink it. Good, good. And uh, you gain some combination of new spells, mental illness, and possibly some very nasty curses. Okay, that seems reasonable for, you know, a reasonable way to learn a new spell. It, uh, does it have to be my blood, or could it be, uh, like, an adorable animated badger creature <laughs> that I toss into this black cauldron? So, like, yeah. So, like, um, I want to say, I think that I'm remembering it being your own blood simply because okay. I've never been around an evil spellcaster. One of the other things about the Palladium game system that I'm sure Jonathan would be reminding us of if he were here currently, is that uh, animal sacrifices and or human sacrifices give you magical energy in a very specific no, and I, concrete way. Um, I don't think Doc is... It was just a callback to a Disney movie. Yeah, that's fair. Um, that's fair. But like, if you want to use yeah, somebody I'll, else's blood and not kill them, also an option, I guess. I mean, maybe I'll ask. <laughs> Gonna go... I'll go to the local barber and see if they've got any extra blood. Ask around. Um, yeah. Definitely thought you were going to ask our tenant. I'll bet. Ooh, he does owe us. God. 
this week, this week you can play in blood. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, uh, it's no. getting too like, real up in here. So, um, yeah. So do I need to get a um, like do I start, don't need to start a circle thing clock for learning this, or is this just a boom? I make a blood soup and I know it. Well, okay, so. You, 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 you knock out his door and you tell him that you can, he can pay his rent in blood. And then he makes a frown face and you say, "Oh, don't be negative." <laughs> Feel bad. Pause for groans. I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I think if you are, yeah, if you are attempting to learn a. Uh, a new summoning ritual. I think that's probably a clock, I think. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, so... Yeah, you can probably head down to, like, the butchers or the barbers and get yourself, like, some blood or blood-like substance that has been drained from something. Uh, and do this sort of a, a ritual. Uh you don't necessarily have to drink it, but uh, that's that's the heavy metalist option of this this scenario. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna play it off as making soup for the for people. Oh, I'll get pork blood if I can. Yeah, because it's like it's creepy if I'm making blood soup for any other reason than to feed people. Wait, that's not. You know what? Hmm. Okay. Yeah, let's get this started. <laughs> I'm now imagining you like. On a cook fire in the middle of the the lighthouse, right? And like one of the urchin comes urchins comes up and tries to like try your soup. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, no, you you do the ritual. You you and you've learned how somewhere. I'm sure. Maybe you've been instructed by your patron or whatever, or you like went looking for it, or you knew ahead of time because you were always kind of an occult weird person. Um. Yeah, you do the ritual. Uh, give me, I guess. I mean, if you were like trying to learn how to do this out of a book, it would probably be study. But this is not that. So I think it's just like, how good are you at magics? So that sounds like an attune roll to me, right? It sounds like it is. Is this risky? Technically, downtime does not have positions. Okay. Uh. I mean, if you want to hurt him. I mean. I don't not. Um... I'm doing something <laughs> weird, right? Like, this is not... Excuse me, it's Sir like... Butcher, do you have enough blood to make soup? Well, it's even also just, like, does like how wrong can this go? Well, in, in... Is kind of the other consideration? In the original game, you can get, like, all sorts of wild... They called, like, they're, there's, like, a, a phobias and manias chart, is what they called it, that you can roll on. Um, all sorts of wild things go wrong with you. Uh, so yeah, let's call it risky and see how that goes. Went fine. It went fine. I got, I got a couple sixes. All right. So I'm not even, your tune is four. It is now. Jesus. Yeah. So I'm not even like that. That's, that's four, five segments of a clock. You successfully learn how to summon something. What is, what is the thing you learn how to summon? So, um, I don't know that I know the thing that I'm summoning before I summon it. 
But the idea is that um, we've come across some spooky things recently, mm -hmm. and we've needed more sources of information. Uh, and Doc's helping in the only way that Doc knows how, which is by contacting ghosts, <laughs> communicating with things that you really shouldn't be communicating with, using arcane energies to uh, to summon up more information. Because like we've got this whole, at least from my perspective, we've got several spooky godlike things that need taming. So how to, how better to get information than than to ask things related to them. Okay. Uh, um, so I don't know. I, I don't think that we know particularly what we're summoning. We say, hey, general idea. Like maybe we draw like a circle on the ground and something. Like we can do the salt thing or the chalk thing. And then we have like, this is what I want. Here's an offering. And we see what comes to eat. So it's like fishing for demon knowledge. Okay. Um. This is probably the time to, to point out that the original Palladium RPG had, like, three pages of a back-to-back, -back, like, summoning circles fully drawn yes. out on the inside. Uh, yeah, I remember seeing them going through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. No, I love it. I, I like, so, like, you you make the blood soup, and you're doing the incantation over it, and it takes forever, and you think, you sort of think it's not working, and then all of a sudden, like, every candle in the room gutters, and a hand, the shape of a hand sort of emerges from the, uh, the cauldron of you are, you are boiling this, like, blood soup in, uh, and reaches out, and then the scene, scene goes blank. And we will definitely come back to that at some point when you decide to use it as a as as a source of information. Cool. You have a, you have acquired summoning ritual. Excellent. All right. Uh so let's roll again. Um Gaston, do we want to save you till the end here for your Yeah, why not? All right. So let's let's roll back through to Elamir then, I guess. Nothing grand this time around. I think this time Elamir is just not necessarily I, it's it can be training. I'm training resolve. Um, I think he he's. I think they're they're tr they're really trying to. Not necessarily throw themselves into the 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 this the world of, you know, gods and whatnot, but. Trying to more understand, what it means, to have. This effigy connected to a deity. Okay. Okay, so yeah, figure out like what the the connections mean and sort of how all of that will work. Yeah. Okay. Okay, we're calling that resolve training. Alright. Um yeah. So uh I imagine probably the best place to do that would be the garden, probably. Yeah. Okay. So you make your way down to the garden. Now, here's the question. Your uh, your god is uh, not technically like a nighttime deity, but it's he's definitely like not a daytime deity either, right? Like, this is not a diurnal god at this point. Maybe it was, a, maybe it was at some point, but like his uh, 
his counterparts uh, in this, the parentage of the godling is uh, the goddess of the harvest moon. So she was very much a nocturnal god. Um, but are you at the, are you at the, uh, is it daytime or nighttime when you get to the, the garden? I think it's, it's going to be a daytime thing because Elamir is more interested in learning from other people, not necessarily interfacing with his own God, but interacting with people, other maybe priests or people that are there at other statues. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So you just kind of, um, do you have, does Elamir have one in particular or are just sort of like a general, I'm going to wander around, wander around and get some feels sort of, uh, yeah, it's more of a wandering thing. Just letting the, the audiences sort of that he catches that catches their, their attention okay and... okay um so yeah you head down there and um it's still a pretty big mess uh from the shenanigans that happened uh, probably mm-hmm. i don't know we'll mm-hmm. say two weeks ago at this point um but people have cleaned up and there's parts of uh, the garden the garden is vast so there's places that were completely untouched by all that um and you're making your way through and yeah there are uh individual statues usually separated by a hedge or some walk of some distance of a path through that hedge um some of them are very nicely kept by people who are actively working to keep them up some of them are less um tidy but obviously have people coming through and these are deities of all shapes and sizes um effigies made of all sorts of materials from stone to metals to in some cases it looks like wood um and as a direct servant of a god uh you definitely feel there's not like a direct what you feel is not like being in the presence of your deity, right? Like that feels a very specific way to you, mm-hmm. but there is definitely a divine power from these things that there is a connection you feel there as you, as you um, walk through. And there is a, let's say there's, there's one statue in particular that, that catches your attention. It's a human uh, dressed in sort of a, a long coat and traveling boots with a smile on his face uh and like one arm sort of outstretched almost angled down because he's on a plinth and almost angled down as though he's like welcoming you he's got a staff in one in the other hand that is uh has a winged creature of some type on the top with like a ball an orb situated between there and for some reason, like this, this, this deity looks very familiar to you, but you just can't quite place where they're from, like where you have seen this person before. Um, and as you are uh, contemplating this statue, your elven senses pick up someone coming from behind you, not threatening but also like not immediately is 
they don't, it doesn't seem like they necessarily want you to know they're there right now. Um, I don't think I'll confront them, but I see, you know, kind of see if I can suss their intentions without letting on that I know they're there. Um, like I said, you don't have a, there's no sense of potential, like, you don't get the sense that this person is going to be violent towards you. Um, if you listen fairly carefully, there's a, there, you can hear their weight shift a few times as though maybe standing is slightly uncomfortable for them, at least, or they're like moving their feet back and or their weight back and forth across their, their, their feet. Um, there are a few, uh, there are a few people that are walking sort of on the other side of you and they don't seem to react to this person. Um, or you very much at all, sort of on the other side of the statue. This area actually seems to be fairly well traveled. Like this is this is one of the more mm-hmm. uh, more open and public and like commonly traveled uh, statues. And yeah, this person just seems just to be content to watch you commune with the statue, essentially. And the longer you stand there, the more you sort of feel a sense of. Uh, a sense of connection to this statue as though this statue is somehow spiritually similar to you or represents something similar to you. Not your, like, you know, betrothal to the violence god, but, like, this person, the statue represents this god somehow parallels your existence in a in a way that is not clear since you don't know who this is i think uh while i was while i was there that they were sort of sketching this statue and once they're finished uh pack up and then turn to the uh person who's watching them okay and as you turn uh there's a, it is an older human man. Uh, like, we're talking, well, bent with age, uh, thinning gray hair, stooped over, uh, leaning on a staff that you didn't pick up on. You did not pick up on, like, click, click, click of the of a walking staff coming up behind you. Mm-hmm. Um, dressed sort of in priestly garb, but not particularly like cloistered or ostentatious looking just like a just like a regular person wearing a little bit of a vestment like you get the your immediate thought would be like this person is a a servant of a god but you don't exactly know why exactly know why right um and as you turn uh this this person will nod to you and then uh and sort of a half smile, but doesn't say a word. It appears to be sort of waiting for you to do whatever you're going to do, whether that's move away or ask a question. Um, but seems content to stand there and wait until you do something. Uh, I think, let's see, Elevator says, uh, Greetings, sir. Pertel, could you tell me the name? That belongs to this statue. There is a a, a beat 
a pause and then uh a a chuckle well this is this one has gone by many names and he this 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 old man sort of starts to walk around and past you sort of towards the statue but kind of in a circular path right um many names many names have been forgotten but you may know him as Narabium, and he starts to like arrange some flowers and some like like uh offerings and things at the bottom of the statue this, this appears to be like i said a very well traveled very very well trafficked statue there's lots of people who come around and when he says the name Narabium, you get this guy is maybe not whether or not this is a statue of a god is um sort of a theological uncertainty this person is often referred to this this being is often referred to as the patron saint of adventurers um of people who's who step out the door and go find trouble to get into okay and uh and he'll he'll sort of re- not regale but he will go into the histories of this person and of this this deity because it's got it's got a statue um and and those sorts of things if 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 that is a thing that Elamir wants to hear uh mostly he's an old man that likes to hear himself talk though yeah i'm sure Elamir will take some time to listen to a few stories okay yeah and you get stories about uh about ancient uh ancient adventures and trips to other worlds and like it sounds like like almost like this guy was like fantasy doctor who right like just constantly (laughs) like getting into trouble going places where he shouldn't be able to go different dimensions interacting with all sorts of wild things and people collecting a group of people around himself that uh that uh attended him on his adventures um yeah uh and also uh he it keeps coming back to the idea that he tried to do the right he always tried to do the right thing and people loved him for it and the stories that get told of him will keep him alive and powerful forever basically right this this guy is a legend uh not just a god but a legend Uh, so it's not surprising to me that you found your way here many do this is this is the the centerpiece of many a visit to the the gardens some some come here when they are some come here after a life of adventure some come here when they are ready to embark upon one all, all who, all who wonder, find Narabium eventually. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you want to mark training, you can. You can sit here and converse with the guy. You can do what you want to do. Yeah, I, I think after you know, listening for a little while, Lemir thanks him for his time and moves on. Okay. Other corners of the garden. Okay. Cool. Yep. Mark training done awesome uh so who's next 
That D&D podcast is released under a Creative Commons 4.0 attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. Feel free to share with friends, but don't cut anything out and don't sell our work. Please visit us at thatdndpodcast.com or on Twitch or YouTube at That D&D Podcast. Intro music is Dark Matter by M33 Project and is available on the Free Music Archive. M33 Project can also be found on YouTube and Instagram. Outro music is Betrayed by Scott Holmes Music. This and other works by Scott Holmes Music can be found on the Free Music Archive, SoundCloud, or scottholmesmusic.com. The Palladium Fantasy RPG, written by Kevin Ciambietta, is owned and published by Palladium Books. All other copyrighted content is owned by its associated copyright holder. Music